Hello, and welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, and along with my beautiful wife, Teresa Conklin, every month on Reaching the Summit, you will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We will talk to them about their journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Today, we have some very special guests because they are all actually family of ours. So first, um, our, uh, our first guest is Jim DiBenedetto, and he is with Dynamic Ta- uh, Tax Solutions, been in business for about 11 years now, I think. Yes, 11 right? years. And then we have Chrissy Strohmeyer and Gabrielle Mills from Source, and they've been in business about four years now, correct? Yeah, right. four years. Well, great. Uh, and Chrissy and Jim are brothers and sisters of Teresa. So we have a good family dynamic, and Gabrielle is uh, my goddaughter and Chrissy's daughter, and Teresa's goddaughter. I was going to say, so, did you forget me? <laughs> so with that, we're going to jump into some questions. So Teresa, you want to kick us off? Well, first, I'd like to thank you all for coming, because it's kind of cool that uh, it's all going to be family today. That's cool. Uh, firstly, we'd like to uh, ask you guys a little bit about how you got started in your business. What prompted you to open a business? Jimmy was the first one to do it, um, and then us, and then Chrissy and Gabrielle. So uh, I'm pretty sure mom and dad never envisioned three of their children being business owners and small business owners at that. So tell us a little bit about how you got started, Jimmy. Uh, I... I for the most part came out of college and I started in public accounting and uh, first of all I, I do tax work state and local tax work uh, all, all of my career I've helped large companies save money on the, the taxes that they pay for their purchases and and so I I came out of college and I started at Ernst & Young and I worked there for about six or seven years and uh, then decided to have kids and uh, left left Ernst & Young and went to uh, private industry I worked for Verizon Wireless for another seven years and and kinda got to see how all the consulting that I did over the prior six or seven years was put into place at, at Verizon Wireless and then I found out that you know in in industry unless your boss moves up the ladder you can't move up the ladder so waiting for that to happen after seven years um, I went back into public accounting and and uh, I I was a better consultant because I was on both sides of the desk at that point in time. And it was, it was my second year back in public accounting that I realized there's got to be a better way. We're helping these companies um, make their systems better so they're paying the right amount of tax or hopefully paying the right amount of tax, but then we're also providing another service that comes in and uh, we charge them money to get taxes that they paid erroneously back. and so. Uh, a couple of my colleagues and, and I decided, why don't we just figure out a way that people can pay the right amount of tax the first and every time? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we put together a business plan, went out and uh, solicited some uh, investors, got some capital money to start it up, and we've been in business now for 11 years. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about your journey getting started, Gabrielle. And- yeah, so my started in, in college, too. I had a little bit of a out-of-body experience with uh, our good Lord who t- decided to tell me that it was my journey was entrepreneurship. When I came into school, I actually came in with a business degree and very quickly learned I did not want to go that path. So that was a, a different moment. 
Um, but when I finally figured out, like, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I wanted to eventually go down this this journey. My first call was to my mom, Chrissy, um, to share, like, hey, I just think I figured out my life. And uh, she told me, congratulations, good for you. Um, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, we ended up having a conversation about that. And she's like, you know, I always wanted to start a business, but I had to take care of you guys. She was a single mom for a while. And um, she actually has a business degree and I knew nothing. So I'm like, hey, I don't know anything. You know stuff. Let's do this together. And uh, we thought that that was going to happen much longer after that conversation than it did which now we should have really known better because once we get onto something, we do it immediately. But we thought it was going to be a long, long time from then. But uh, so I went into a corporate job, did the thing, loved it there. But we were looking for franchises basically the entire time that I was employed at corporate. Nothing fit. And we kind of got to the end of that journey and we were like, okay, we're at this inflection point of do we follow the dream and take the leap or do we just give it up? And I decided to quit my job and we did this and it's changed a lot over the years, but um, it is, it's so great. We, we love what we do. Yeah. We thought um, rather than paying a franchise for doing the work. So we got together and we made a list of things like what type of, um, what type of organization would we like to have? So we knew we wanted to employ people. We knew we wanted to have an organization. Um, we wanted it to be, pseudo recession proof and um, so we started uh, and we knew we wanted to be B2B so um, helping businesses so our original journey started calling business people and saying where do you need help and so from that came our four um, streams of revenue which is bookkeeping marketing office assistance and we started with um, personal assistance but that one didn't take off and now we've replaced that with um, placement or talent acquisition so and here we are four years later yeah we're just trying to catch up with you guys yeah yeah so you know you guys started from scratch just like all of us did so our first you know month we had zero revenue right so we had to build from there but I've always given advice to new business owners. Jimmy was already in business, but I gave it to Gabrielle and to Chrissy. So what's the one piece of advice you remember? <laughs> Such a good story. Okay, I have to paint the picture so everyone listening can really get what a crash and burn moment this was for me. So it was a big deal to quit my job and to do this. I was 26. I had a very stable corporate career with um, a trajectory with like benefits and flexibility and all sorts of like corporate money. And I was leaving all of that to start this business from scratch. So a lot of people at corporate obviously were like, what the heck are you doing? Why, like, why? No one got that. Um, So I leaned a lot on you, Uncle Don. um, And I finally, like, put my notice in. It was the scariest thing I ever did. And I worked the, I actually worked a month. And I finally left. My building is in the back of my car. I'm driving away and I call you. And I say, I did it, I quit, I'm done, like we're doing this thing. And you're like, okay, get out a piece of paper. And I'm like, okay, I'm driving, can this wait? And you're like, when you get to your destination, pull out a piece of paper and a marker. And I want you to write these letters, T-Y-O-H. And I'm thinking to myself, now I'm on the highway, and I'm like, what, what is going on with, like, what? And he goes, two years of hell. You're gonna have two years of hell not congratulations you just quit your job great for you for having a new chapter in your life you're just like down to it's like you're gonna have two years of hell it's gonna suck but if you can make it through you'll be okay but it will be awful (laughs) that's how this all started well and it's interesting because I have a lot of people who come to me and I talk to them when they're starting their business and they think 
it's easy. You know, we're going to go ahead and just open up our doors and customers are going to walk in and no problems. And I tell people that two years of hell story. And I know, Jim, you had probably a little bit more than two years of hell because like, you had. We a, did. Yeah. <laughs> we had three. Right. Well, no, our two years were second and third. Right. It the was first delayed. year was great. It was a little delayed. But the third year, oh, my word. But I tell people, I said, it's not about I didn't have fun. I had a blast doing what I was doing. But, you know, you wake up in the morning where your next customer is coming from, where's your next paycheck coming from, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to figure it out? I mean, all of us, um, with the, well, the two of us went into businesses that we hadn't been in the industry before, although we knew about the industry. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like I had I knew nothing about signs. I still know nothing about signs except for how to sell them. But, you know, it's one of those things <laughs> that you try, you try to figure out. And I tell people, I don't care if you're opening up a sign company, a burger joint, or a retail place. You're going to have two years of hell because you got to learn the business, establish your business. And I think that's important for all you know new business owners well i'm actually really glad that you said that now we did have a delayed year like our first year was a dream and i say it was a dream not only because good things happened but i'm pretty sure we didn't sleep at all so like we could (laughs) have dreamed the whole thing but to where that advice really came into play was we had a rocky second year nothing like super bad like just normal growing pains the year number three was like a dumpster fire and had mm-hmm. you not told me two years of hell and I'm like oh wait we're just delayed one of those years I don't know if we like if I could have mentally made it through so it was always in the back of my head of like okay we just have we're, we it's de- one year delayed it's fine we're gonna get through this we're gonna be good so I was glad for the uh the uh real talk and advice that you gave but yeah that was it was a deflating experience driving away from my from my job being like what did I just do? <laughs> well, the other piece of advice I gave both you and Jimmy is what hope, hope is not, oh, a, hope strategy. Is not a, strategy. a strategy. If I had a dollar for every time you say that, <laughs> I'd to be me, really, we really, would, really, rich. we would not need to be in business. You know, well, nobody in our business, in our company, will say the word hope in the office or, I don't, or try. I, I don't or blame try. them. I don't blame so. them. But Jim, you had a different experience because you opened up your business with a specific model in mind, and you went down that path, and then you had a really change what you were planning on doing midstream kind of to readjust where you thought the business was going to go right yes uh for, for the most part we were developing a new category i mean taxes have been, been around since the start of the country and and so uh nobody really recognized a way to do it differently and so um we we had an we had an uphill battle and that's why i would say you are you're more accurate you know, three years of hell, not two years of hell, just because, uh, one, we were all pretty high-level um, employees in public accounting, so we had non-competes, so we couldn't go after our existing client base. So uh, we, had to meet, we had to meet new folks, and then we had to educate them on why what they were doing wasn't the best way. Well, and, you had a paradigm shift. Yeah, and, and, and so they're like, well, we've never heard of you. How many clients do you have and stuff like that? It was, it was really hard to get, get off the ground. Why does anyone ask that question? I don't, I don't the know. The first year I got that question more than I ever have in the rest of the years. And I'm like, why are you asking? <laughs> I have two. It's, yeah, please don't ask that again. But uh, so, so that was it. And then on, on top of it, the hurdle that we had was we could show the benefit of what we did but at the expense of them having to go to their boss and say, I've been doing this wrong and I need money to fix it to where their boss is going to be thinking, well, I hired the wrong person. So it was, it was really difficult to do. 
And so uh, it took a while for us to really hone in our message saying, look, and, and I tell people this all the time, you could be the best tax practitioner in the world, but if you don't know something's broken, how can you fix it? And so that's what we really do with our business. I, I also tell folks we're no smarter than anybody else. We're, we don't know magic. It's, it's a matter of we do two things. We provide visibility and we provide flexibility. The visibility is to allow you to know when you paid the right amount of tax and when you paid the wrong amount of tax. The flexibility is having the ability to, to actually pivot and make the change before you send the tax dollars in on your monthly tax return. And so uh, that's what was missing in the industry. And, it, and it's, it's taken folks a long time to figure that out. Uh, but now we're seeing competitors you know, coming into our category saying, hey, we can do this, we can do that. And, and what I'm seeing is with the other competitors, they're, they're providing one aspect, but they're not providing the other. Nowadays, if, if, if you spend a, a day in my life, you'll notice that uh, in, in tax and accounting, everything's about digital visu visualization. There's all these software programs that's gonna be able to slice and dice your data in many different ways. So in many instances, they can provide the visibility, but what they're doing is they're lacking the flexibility because having that visibility is great, but now you gotta figure out how do I fix it? And so that's what we're bringing to bear is we're bringing both aspects. So anytime they find out, and they will know now, I said, you know, bring you up all the time. You don't have to hope you're getting it right. You know you're getting it right because of the visibility. But when you're not getting it right, now we offer all these different types of resolutions that, that you can employ to get it right. And uh, so business has been really good. Um, you know, COVID, COVID hit, hurt us as much as it's hurt any business, not because it, it changed our business, it just changes the way in which we can get in front of folks. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the best way to actually uh, develop relationships is face-to-face, is -face. Yeah. and uh, this, is, this is new uh, chartered grounds for us. You know, meeting people over, over Zoom or go to meeting and stuff like that, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's, it's a little bit challenging at times. Well, and it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing. Right. You're, you're, you're there for a meeting instead of, hey, let's have lunch. You discuss, you know, a little bit of the personal as well as the business in that meeting, so you get to really know and build a relationship with someone. Agreed. But you could, you know, <clears throat> from your standpoint, you can actually deliver your service without any interaction with individuals because it's all electronic. It's getting the new customers, which is where your challenge is under the COVID scenario. A absolutely right. All right. So tell us about your COVID challenge over at Sourced. You want to take that? It's been <laughs> COVID's been great for us, actually. Um, it was surprising when it first kicked off we were like oh what's going to happen now and we had a couple of clients um, some of our smaller clients reduced their hours and what have you but then the phone started ringing and it hasn't stopped so like we are very very grateful that uh, we've gotten so many new clients um, since March and um, fun clients um, we've added temp to perm to our um, to our suite of services that we can do. Um, it's, uh, it's been surprising because when people came to us for direct hire, they wanted us to bring them on, on and source payroll and let them work temporary until they've proven themselves and then go on permanently. So um, on a dime, we got our first one and we said, okay, we can do that. And then we proceeded to get like five more after that. So it's, um, COVID's been really good for us and uh, we've been you know able to be home and um, we have a lot of our business was virtual. We have in office as well, but we were able to transition some accounts that were in office to virtual. And so it's, it's worked out really, really well. So 
We're one of the few, I think. For those people listening, can I give an uh, overview of what we do? Yes, So that please. makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, so our company is called Sourced, and we are a back office solutions company. So we allow businesses to outsource their back office fractionally, and we do that in four ways. So the first division that we have is content marketing. So that's things like social, email, video, graphics. All of that was virtual before COVID. It still is. Um, but we become someone's marketing division. Um, the second thing that we do is accounting. So we are basically a small accounting firm. We don't do taxes, so we don't have um, CP. Well, we have some CPAs on our staff, but we don't do taxes. But we become an outsourced accounting arm, whether you just need bookkeeping on site or you need the full scope accounting. That's the second thing that we do. The third is um, administrative support, um, which had the biggest change with COVID because yeah. a lot of the support that we provide is on-site at people's offices, and it's one of our biggest differentiators is we can fit in this fractional space that's really hard to find for small to medium-sized businesses, um, but now we're all virtual. We kind of love it that way. Um, and then the fourth is talent acquisition where we're acting like a staffing company. So if you have a need in your office that you need someone full-time, we can either place them directly, di direct hire with you, or now COVID has created this temp to perm space that is doing really well for us. Yeah. So that's what we do. We, out, uh, we allow businesses to outsource their back office to a local company that has all of the back office needs in one spot. So do you think the perm to temp, um, I'm, no, I'm sorry, I have it backwards. The temp to perm is gonna continue even after oh, the COVID yeah. mess. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Where's off? Yeah, um, that's, it was, we never thought we would do that. We, first of all, we never thought talent acquisition or placement was going to even be a, something that we pursued at all. It just it kind of happened unto us. Our clients asked us for that. Um, they came to us wanting people that we did not have a service for. So we're like, we can hire them. No, we hire people all the time. We can do this. So that's how the whole service of talent acquisition came about was because our clients asked us. And then temp to perm was came out of necessity for COVID. They're like, I need a person, but I don't want to take the risk. And now it's become like a huge part of our business. And there is a purpose behind it for the bigger companies that we are now serving. Um, they have a package of benefits, medical, dental, whatever. They don't want to do all the paperwork, get it all started if the oh, person's absolutely. not going to be good. So Trust me. we put them on our right. <laughs> oh, we, we put know them too. on our payroll. And, um, and allow them to work usually 750 hours. And then after that, we just transition it over. So um, it, it, it's a win-win for everybody. So, but Teresa, what do you think from our standpoint was our biggest impact due to COVID? Um, we, we continued to operate. We never shut our doors. Uh, we did take one week where we gave everybody a mental health break. Um, but I think what happened with us is we, uh, in addition to serving local businesses uh, with their signage needs, we have several uh, nationwide customers. And what happened with those is in the areas of the country that were most hard hit, they had to delay their projects. So Don, I remember Don telling us that we had several signs in a warehouse in New Jersey waiting to be installed because New Jersey was pretty much shut down. And I think they're just now getting to the point where they're opened. Wow. So a lot of our business, while it didn't necessarily go away and our revenue numbers did go down, we had to delay a lot of projects. So hopefully the end of the year, we will catch up. I know I said it. You said I hope. Said I knew as soon oh, as it came oh. out of my mouth. It's like we need a swear jar for the oh word my hope. God. Yeah. But you know, interestingly enough, and you see them all over the place in grocery stores, there are a lot of COVID signs, right? Now, a lot of the big um, uh, printing houses have picked up on that and their, their costs are so low, right. we can never compete. But we actually did all the social distancing signage at Georgia State University. That's awesome. And it took us, wow, a couple of weeks. And funny thing, 
is that Jim's son, who's go, who goes to Georgia State, worked for us this summer, and was down at Georgia State for about three weeks with the rest of my team, putting, you know, don't sit here, sit here, thousands don't sit here. of signs, thousands, thousands of, and thousands of signs. And, and so, you know, I said, hey, look, when you go to work, when you go to school, you can tell your classmates, hey, I did that, right? So, but it was, I mean, it was amazing how many signs and stickers we had. I mean, I think it was fifteen thousand stickers for all the. Jeez things and so and then in the middle of the project they decided they would stop from 50 percent capacity in the classroom to 25 percent capacity <laughs> so we had you know that much oh, you less had to take away. yeah we had to take away so it's kind of interesting how COVID has affected everything around us but at the end of the day businesses are businesses our main businesses are a lot of small to medium businesses and you know they're still got to run they still like us they're entrepreneurs who've got to you know make a living for their families and for their employees that's how we felt too so when covid hit we were we were getting together gabrielle and i and saying how can we help our customers you know how can we help them stay in business and because we have the marketing arm of the business we went out with hey we can provide free services for you free email campaigns something that we can you know at least help them to stay in a business and they're not having to outlay any money and that was that was quite successful as well. Yeah, and what we thought was that, you know, because we offer fractional support, we we thought that that would be huge for COVID because everyone had to cut cost, but it actually swung more toward our placement arm of people wanted to hire people full time. I still don't know why, but I mean, I'm grateful for it. But you would it, it's kind of fun like watching the ebb and flow of our business because we do offer so many different ways to get support in the business that um, we get to see all the trends and what we thought from COVID was going to happen didn't. And but it's still it's still interesting to watch and it still benefited us. When when one revenue stream is up, another's down, and then now it's shifting more to marketing. So bookkeeping has been overall the biggest one for us. It's probably thirty percent of our business, but it swings here and there and everywhere. So that's kind of fun to see which way we're going to go on that. I'd like to ask Jim what his typical client looks like and what are the benefits of using your service. Um, my typical client look, and, and I guess, like Gabrielle said, I, for her business, let me at least explain what we do first. Right. Uh, what we do is we analyze uh, transactions or purchases from different companies. So uh, the, the business dynamic for our, for our company is we allow large to mid-sized companies uh, to pay the right amount of tax each and every time on every purchase and uh, we give them the ability to identify and correct errors on a regular monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And so um, our clients are different than your clients because they're all national, very large clients. Right. Because if you're a smaller company, you're, you, you, you still have tax issues, but you're, you're not having to deal with thousands of different jurisdictions with thousands of different laws mm -hmm. and different rates and stuff like that. So our typical client is a multi-state client that uh, just makes a lot of a lot of purchases. That's also um, in what we call an exemption rich industry because not every purchase, believe it or not, is subject to tax. And so there's a big misnomer out there that, hey, if you buy something online, it's not subject to tax. The fact of the matter is, it's still subject to tax. You're supposed to accrue your own tax when you buy it if you're not charged the tax. But uh, state and local governments don't have enough you know, auditors to go and audit every every purchase, so that's why people and get away with that. yet they came to us once. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> um, so, also, 
there's different industries like manufacturers are, are great clients for us because anything that's going into the manufacturing process they don't have to pay tax on. Mm -hmm. So you have to define what is the man manufacturing process, where does it start, where does it end, and all the purchases made between those two, those two pillars, if you will, are not subject to tax. But the vendor selling them the stuff might not know that, so right. they're gonna charge them tax, so that's what we're, we're finding out. So um, what we do is we charge uh, our clients a fixed, flat monthly fee to review all of their transactions and show them where we believe they paid the wrong amount of tax. Right. And then they can opine on, did, is, is, is our software correct in, in that and, and make a change so they don't pay it? Or uh, is, is, it, is it right so therefore they never pay that into the government? Hmm. And so uh, typical benefit, we actually um, offer what we call a zero fee guarantee, which means whatever your fixed monthly fee for our subscription service is, we're gonna give you a, a 2X ROI or you don't pay. Now, our average client receives far greater than that. Um, the, the lowest ROI we've ever sent uh, or provided back to a client is, is 5X, so I have no problem um, you know, guaranteeing 2X. I need to make money too. Right. But uh, that's what they're getting. They're getting the ability to review transactions quickly, find and fix all their errors so they can actually do other you know, more valuable things with their time. Right. And you're finding them millions of dollars. Yes, uh, it's, it's, not un, it's not uncommon. I mean, again, we, 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 we do tax work for the largest airline in the world. We do tax work, work for uh, the biggest software company in the world. And I tell folks all the time, you know, that kind of legitimizes us because when you, when you look at the, the, the biggest software company in the world and they're using your software, you know you, you yeah, created something. Awesome. You know, Far cry from your early days, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, uh, one of the biggest oil and gas companies in, in the world, biggest mining company in the world. So, um, you know, it's not uncommon for us to save companies uh, six to seven figures a month. Good. And in the beginning, you had to battle the, it's too good to be true, remember? Yes. Yeah, that was a, that was a big battle. They're like, there's no way this can work this way. Right. And, 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 you know, again, it goes back to what I said at the start of this is the, the biggest hurdle was now the person that we're trying to sell to, they're saying, okay, I believe this, this, this works, but now I got to go tell my boss that I need to spend money and I've been getting it wrong all this. And so a lot of what we had to do with our messaging is help them message up the chain of yeah. why this, th it really isn't their fault. And, it, and I'm not just saying that right. to get the business. Again, you could be the best tax practitioner in the world, but if you don't know something's broken, you can't fix it. And, right. and everybody lacked that visibility. Yeah. Well, back over here to Source, you guys have got a uh, trophy shelf full of trophies full of awards so yeah we like it yeah I'm, I'm sure you do so tell us a little bit about the awards you've won and why do you think you've actually won those awards well I I first have to say it still shocks us that we even have gotten any um the first the first one um we cried oh my god that was the <laughs> best day ever. it was the best day ever it was like an academy award moment um I think we saved the tears for the car but it was just a lot of hard <laughs> work that was validated and then um they just kept keep they kept coming um, and I would love to say that we have like a secret sauce or a formula of like why that happens but really we just we just try to give the best service possible to our clients and we try to treat our people with the best care that we can 
And I think that just comes back. It's good karma that we put out into the world. And we have a reputation for service and for care and for really treating people and companies like they're our own. And I think that that's been what has like given us recognition over the years and hopefully will continue. Um, but I mean, I don't know if we have a secret sauce, but that's that's just what we do. And you said what? what? You hopefully <laughs> continue. We do have a secret put sauce. Money, put money in the jar. Yes, yeah, I, we do now. need a swear jar here with the word hope. Sure. It's a hope jar. It's a hope jar. That's it sounds so bad. We, I know. You said so. hope. Put money in the jar. <laughs> so I told I did tell um, Gabrielle that she can use hope when she goes to church. That you can just hope at church. That's fine. Good to know. So, um, interestingly enough, you know. I'm a visionary kind of guy. Really? Uh, yeah, I did not know I that. Am, so Just kidding. I guess. Well, that's what his title is. That is my title. I have no title in the company except for visionary. That's so me too. Pretty cool. You know, I just yeah. do nothing, sit around and envision stuff. So that's really a cool job. Great job. It is. So, but from a vision standpoint, 10 years from now, where is Dynamic Tax Solutions? Oh, wow. Hopefully Dynamic Tax Solutions with, is without me because I want to be done before 10 years. But uh, now uh, charting down the, 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 the same path, um, you know, we're, we're behind what our business plan said we were going to be because when you start a business, you think, like you said, this is going to be easy. And, and, and heck, it, it, I think in the business plan, I could have been retired in three years. We didn't really even get off the ground in three years. So, you know, we, we were behind. Back to the drawing board. But then, you know, I never thought we were going to have the client base that we have today with the marquee, you know, market leaders that we have. So uh, I feel like we've been, we've been blessed. We've worked hard for what we've done. Uh, we, much like the source team and your team, uh, pride ourselves on good customer service. We, uh, every once in a while, we'll, we'll survey our, our clients and find out how we're doing. We hired a marketing firm um, a few years back to, to interview them all, and we got tens, um, 10 out of 10 in, in customer service. So that makes me happy. But uh, down, down the line, I'd like to just see our, our, um, our book of business grow quite a bit. Uh, we, we recently, uh, within the last year or so, decided, you know, we do work for these mid to large size companies, but what about the small to middle size companies. I was going to ask you that. And and so what we did, and, and we're, we're, we're starting to put this into the market now, is offer them a, a software solution in which they can do what we're doing for the large companies themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a way in which they can, uh, you know, license, license our software very inexpensively and upload their data into it and find and, and fix their own errors. Now, mm -hmm. for for the large guys who we're working with, we do all that turnkey for them. So we host the software, we run the software for them, and they're in there reviewing what we're doing. Uh, but, you know, I'd like to see that end of the business grow in the next 10 years because there's there's no reason why anyone should struggle with, with this. Um, you know, it, it should be an easy task. I don't think that um, the legislatures uh, really realize the burden that they're placing on all these businesses. Uh, you know, when you open up your business, you guys, you, you ran into uh, oh a tax God. audit and you're like, I had I had I had no idea. Well, that that's 90 percent of the world. A lot right. of people. Hey, I bought it off the Internet. It's not taxable. Well, you know, that's that's just not the case. So um, but I, I, I would like to see uh, both both sides flourish 
And then uh, a lot of our clients have been saying, hey, uh, we really like what you're doing with us in the, in the U.S. Do you have a, a VAT solution, value-added tax, right. which that's where uh, you, you pay tax along the, the, the flow of, of commerce. And, and it's, it's really the, the tax mechanism that all countries use outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a few years back, we, we looked at building out a solution for VAT, and that's when the whole Brexit thing started. So we had to shelve it. So I guess long answer, I'm sorry for rambling, is um, I'd like to see us actually build and execute a, a, a VAT solution and roll it out globally. I'd like to be able to help small businesses uh, like we're helping large to mid-sized businesses, and then I'd like to grow our client base for the for the mid to large size market. Awesome, very cool. How about you, ladies? Well, I can answer that one. So, um, Gabrielle and I, being family members, we talk about sourced a lot. So we um, we're always like not only working on the business, but um, looking forward and wh what we want to do with it. And our our ultimate plan is to franchise or company owned or something sourced into many different markets. So we'd like to have sourced LA, sourced Boston, sourced um, Tampa, Charlotte, whatever, um, whatever um, we can get it out there to get the name out there because we can do um, work virtually, it makes a franchisee easier to start up because we can be doing or helping them behind the scenes if they sell certain clients and then showing them how to kind of build their business. We've over the last two years really started documenting our processes, how it's going to work and making sure that even when we bring on clients, we have a very defined way of doing it to make sure that we capture everything that they need us to do. And that that goes from a vision to individual task and all of that stuff is documented. So um, we're putting the processes together. We just, you know, got to increase the revenue a little bit to show the profitability and uh, and then we're we're ready to, to go. So we we are going to be talking with a, a franchise person um, next week to at least start that process, see if we want to go. But we're probably still about two years out. But in 10 years, we'd like to be in at least 10 markets. Yeah, so we learned when we started the business that running a business is really hard. We all know that. It's when you get in it, it you know it's going to be hard, but you That's don't know where two years of hell came how from. freaking hard it is, right? And what we learned as we were growing in our first couple of years is managing the back office is one of the hard things that make it the hardest. Uh, you have to figure out your internal processes. You have to find people you can rely on. You can ha like you have to do all the stuff behind the scenes that your clients never see. So we always knew we wanted to grow the business and our, our goal is to be in every state in the country at some point. Um, really, we'd love that to happen in 10 years, but we're, we're a little slow like you, Jim. Um, <laughs> one step at a time. One step at a time. But what we realized is there's not just a market here in Atlanta, there's small businesses and medium-sized businesses that are struggling everywhere that we have learned how to do it right and now we know how to replicate it. So we wanna figure out how to bring it to as many businesses as we can that fits that fits the model obviously but uh yeah we don't want it to be small yeah go well, big or go home right go big or go home <laughs> i had a t-shirt like that right? once right? so um so from our standpoint 10 years from now i don't know which cruise ship we will be on there you go you know but you know our goal our stated goal we've been in business this is we are starting our 10th year now yeah congratulations congratulations Yay. so um so you know yeah there we go. thanks mike, yeah. thanks, mike. <laughs> but you know our goal all along has always been to build the business to a certain size and then to pass the business along 
to our sons. We have four sons, two are in the business. So, you know, that's been our, our goal. And so what we've been doing for the last uh, two, three years is really what Teresa's been doing, spearheading this, is documenting all the processes, right? So that anybody can pick it up. <laughs> and she, it's something that I would never be able to do because I have no attention to detail. She has attention to detail, right? So that's the stated goal in three years for us not to be on the day-to-day -day business side of it, right? But what that entails is building a system. I read a book once, and it was very, it was very interesting, and it says, what is the difference between telling time and building a clock, right? And a lot of the great charismatic leaders of our time knew how to tell time, right? And they would be the people who would get people excited and energized and move the company forward. But when they left the company or retired, the company floundered because there was no one behind them. They hadn't built the systems behind them. Versus some of the people who are not seen as the most you know, charismatic leaders in business were the guys who built the clocks, right? right. Now, Tom Watson, does anybody know who Tom Watson is? The golfer? The golfer. Besides Tom Watson? No. Okay. He was also the head of oh. IBM. Oh, okay. Right? Is that where Watson that, came from? That's where Must Watson came from. I thought was going to be right? my guess, but I didn't want to sound stupid. And so you don't know a lot about him, right? But he built a system that IBM was the largest company in the world for a very long yes. time, right? Right. Same thing with Hewlett and Packard. They are not, you know, rah-rah people, but they built the system, and Hewlett Packard's been around forever, and they started in the garage. So, you know, that's our goal. Now, well, I think some of that comes from the whole visionary. We have what we call a visionary, which is Don, and the integrator, which is me. You know, the, the big picture versus the little picture person. But I think the way that a lot of them work together made their businesses successful. It wasn't just the visionary. When, so like when Don said, when the visionary left, the whole vision for the company probably went downhill. So I think you need to have that balance. Oh, absolutely. Totally. So what's the perfect example in corporate America today of the of the of the person who could tell time leaving the company and the company failing you going with apple there going with yeah apple. i thought steve I was, jobs yeah i was gonna say that steve jobs when steve came back he realized what he failed to do before he left and so he you know he accelerated the process of building the systems behind him right that's a classic example the other thing from our standpoint we're going to move out of the business become on the board of directors and let the guys run the business but you know on days like today when they really tick us off, we call our business broker and see how much our business would be worth <laughs> if we sold our business. So, you know, it's always always fun to go out and look at those kind of things. Steven's your guy, though. He's uh, the visionary. I, I see him. Sometimes, so, sometimes you know, yes, sometimes not It's so interesting because we all have children, and we all have children that, you know, it's like, who's like you and who's not like you, right? Do you and ask so, that question, Mom? Because oh, I'm pretty sure you know the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, we're pretty much like each other. But funny thing is, I'm, I'm, she's right brain, I'm left brain. So that's how we, we run our business. There's sometimes that there's things that I don't like to do that she likes to do and vice versa. And so we kind of hand off things back and forth. Otherwise, we're pretty much exactly the, the same. same brain, yeah. No. So so I, question, what, you know, we have core values in our business. So we have five core values that we basically revolve our company around. And when we hire someone, we basically say, here are our five core values. Everybody in the company has these five core values, right? And you can sit here in an interview and tell me you have those core values, and that's great, because no one's gonna say they don't have them in an interview, right? Right. Um, but I always tell them that if you don't, 
you're going to be ejected like a virus. Teresa always loves me to say that, ejected like a virus. <laughs> and it happens all the yes, time. Yes, Simon Cowell. But it happens all the time. I mean, they're very simple. It's um, customer service, quality, and then it's attitude. It's positive attitude, being mm-hmm. fun being part of a team. And being driven. And being driven, which means every waking moment you're trying to figure out how to improve the company. Well, the problem is... Go ahead. What are you going to laugh at? Go ahead. Come on. No, I'm just thinking of the meeting I had this morning. Oh, okay. So <laughs> so what happens in it, because we've built ourselves up to 18 people, which is amazing to me, right? But the company's employees are self-policing, right? If someone comes into the organization and they're just trying to punch a clock and they're just trying to get their eight hours a day in. It's not going to work. The organization is going to, you know, and every time we bring someone on and they don't work out and we make them leave and we sit around the table with all the employees, we say, why did XYZ get let go? Every one of them knows exactly why, which core, oh, which, cool. which core value yeah, they, they violated. So, so do you all have core values? What are your core values and what do you see as you know, the key to your success from that standpoint? Yeah, so now after four years, we actually redid our values, which is something that we never thought we would do. We took it down from six to four. Um, do you want me to go through them all? Yeah, go okay. ahead. So the first one is to serve generously. Um, it used to be servant leadership, but we really wanted to expound on what that meant. And it really is, is and, and our values really apply for our clients and our team. They're they are dual. Absolutely. We give our clients Absolutely. and our team members the same gifts at Christmas. We treat them all the same. So serve general, generously is for us to serve our team and our clients to serve, our team to serve our clients. And everything and anything that we do comes from a place of service and a heart to serve. Um, So serve generously. Aim higher is the second one, which is continuous improvement. We will get better ourselves. We will get better as a team. We're never going to do anything halfway. We're never going to settle. Um, But that's individually as a team with our clients. We're always looking to be to aim higher. Um, The the third one is um, I'm forgetting the third one, but the fourth one is team before self. Um, and that is putting, not necessarily putting other people before you, but knowing that you are not op- operating as an island. Um, and then the third one integrity, I had, I was actually running them through. I think integrity is. No, it started with a, dang it, I had it until well, I started no, saying there's it. There's no I in team though, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to remember it when Well, you can come, we can come back to you when you. I was literally running these through because I'm like, he's going to ask me and I had them all four and I forgot them. Really, I, ju- well, we just I do that all the them. time, especially in interviews. I put them on the wall, so. And, and yeah. So I can I'm look like, at I ha- them. I had it right, right there. So Jim, what about you guys? Um, you know, we we don't have any stated core values. Uh, we we kind of just roll along under under one mantra that I think kind of encompasses everything. I mean, we talk a lot about about different values that we all hold, and and you're right. If we don't share that, uh, it just doesn't work. And we have a, we have a great uh, culture in in our company, and 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 the mantra that we kind of do or or follow is do the right thing every time, regardless of the cost. That was it. Um, that was it. <laughs> so I mean, if if you if you think about that statement, that's that's all your your clients can ask of you. Right. You know, if 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 we believe that our client needs something and they say we don't have the budget for that. If we believe they need it, we're going we're to go ahead and do it. We're not going to charge them for it. You know, we, we want to partner with our, with our clients. We don't, we don't want them to say, well, they're kind of hard to work with. We want to go somewhere else to, to get the same kind of service, even though we don't believe that anybody offers the exact same service that we, we provide. Uh, but, 
you know, customer service is, is, is huge to us. Honesty is huge to us. And then also um, just reaction time. Um, one thing, in fact, I, I, I had us put it in our, our contracts just because I wanted to make sure that, that we held true to it. And, you know, if it's an illegal contract, you have to hold true to it. And that is anything that one of our clients wants us to do within our software is done within 24 hours at no additional fee because we're, we're fixed fee. So if they want us to build a rule, change a rule, do a changeover, an override, change rates or whatever, we're going to do that within 24 hours because we don't know if they've waited to the last minute to do something and they're going to need it. Uh, we can't be a 24-7 company, but I think within one business day, you should be able to get whatever you need done, done. So Bill doesn't go on vacation is what you're telling me. No, a lot of us don't get, uh, well, we get vacation. We don't use a lot there of vacation. <laughs> well, but that's always putting your customer first. Right. I mean, we, we have the same concept in our, in our building too, uh, in our business is, you know, velocity. You know, we, we try to make it the shortest amount of time from the time a customer's made a request to getting it out the door and them getting, uh, getting it completed right um the faster we do that the more money we can make the more we could grow mm -hmm. which has helped us grow tremendously over the last 10 years yeah because in in reality you know we have a service business you we all have service businesses right. Right? right so we don't have inventory on the shelf right right so our inventory turns are really how quickly we can get a customer from contact to paying me cash mm -hmm. you know and the faster you can do that the better off and quite frankly in our industry it's a contractor business, right? So a lot of people are kind of lackadaisical about it. I tell people, you know, the difference between us and ABC Sign Company is we're business people running a sign company. We have a business acumen about it. Mm -hmm. The other people are sign people. They've been in the business for years trying to run a business. So it's a total different concept because we're looking at it from a business standpoint. How do we improve it? They're looking at it from a how do I make a cool sign? Right. Totally right. different. So. Well, we help our, our businesses as well in that regard because so many of them, they've let their books go, you know, or they have just umpteen. We have one client who is a builder who is like, I don't even know how to get out of all of this. I just got so much work to do. And we, we try to make sure that we have people on our team that are ready to go. So we always say on the bench. So when we hire new people, we're like, well, you're going to be on the bench for a little bit. But as soon as we get a client, they're yours. And so it is not uncommon for somebody to contact us one week and the next week we're doing a kickoff and we're, we are on go for them. So we recognize that how long have they been in this situation and we want to get them out as quickly as possible. Yeah, our favorite clients are the ones who are drowning. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's when you can <laughs> really see put the, me in coach yeah right? right no well that's where you can really see the power of source of like hand over everything in the back office we got it we already know what you need we already know what it looks like we already know how to get it to you just hand it over and we'll we'll dig you up we'll, we'll undrown you and we don't <laughs> have to you do up. <laughs> take you back up and we don't have to do it one at a time we can we can do bookkeeping and office work and and marketing work all at the same time so a lot of times they'll like well let's just try one out and sometimes we'll do that but other times they just give it all to us and and we really love that yeah sometimes i have to be a little less aggressive in sales because i know we can help them so i'm like don't just jump in just jump on in we're we're, we're your people you don't have to think about this again and the best the best feedback we get is six months later and we're, they're like we have our lives back we're like we know we told you <laughs> so you know we're wrapping up here so one piece of advice from each person here if you found someone starting a new business doesn't matter what it is doesn't have to be in your industry 
what is the one piece of advice that you would give them that if you look back on your on your your business starting up startup you wish someone would have told you that so i'll start with teresa don't start oh with my me. Come on. Well, don't start with me I, i've got a thing too <laughs> does anybody have an answer jim no I'm yeah there you go thank you there Mike. you go i think it's it's for me it's the um it's the answer that i give my 18 year old self it's never as big as you think it's going to be you know it's uh you you have certain concepts in your head and when you're in the moment sometimes especially when you made a mistake or a bad hire or whatever it's it's never as big as you think it that it is in your head and if you can just remember that and breathe um, there's many times that I had to tell Gabrielle, just breathe through this a little bit. Just let's walk the journey step by step. You can get yourself out of anything. And, and it does come, Jim, with customer service. You right. know, Everything we do is like overdoing for our customers. And if there's ever a way for us to lose and them to win, we're going to do it that way. So um, that, that's mine. Yeah, and, and what I was going to say is I was told I just didn't listen. Same with my business partners. And that is your expectations are, are way too way too large uh cut everything in half and that's going to be still probably overstated and say uh, that again for the people in the back yeah <laughs> because we're oh yeah that's for everyone else but that's not us um but um that 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 was the one thing that i was told that i didn't listen to and and you know that's why you kind of start off you're kind of like well i'm failing but that goes to what i would tell people going forward and that is, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, that's because if you're afraid to fail, you just took mine. <laughs> that's a good one. That's I, a good I took one. Gabrielle's that's earlier, good. and you took your. Um, no, you helped me. You reminded me of the one I. It's on our remember. website, so it's it's real. It's a real thing. But if 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 you're afraid to fail, you're not going to step out there. You're not going to grow, and you are going to fail. Right. And and so that's that's the one thing. You know, I always wanted to. You know, I was a micromanager and then I realized I can't do everything I got to rely on a team so you build a good team and you rely on that team and you stick with that team and that team works together if we fail we fail together but we gave it a shot and that's all again what your clients can ask for give it a shot do your best I tell my my kids this all the time with school school is not about getting A's school's about learning you go there to learn and if you already knew it you didn't need it so I don't care what the report card says at the end of the day. I want to know that you tried your hardest. And so what I try to uh, relay in what I do and, 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 and pass on to my boys is I never want to say I could have done more. I want to do as much as I can do. And if that's not good enough, well, that's the best I could do. Right. Amen. And, well, sim and similar to Jimmy saying, you know, about failure, the thing is, is you will make mistakes especially if you're opening a business in an industry that you've never done before. I mean, we knew nothing about signs. I remember Don talking me into going into this business saying, that's a sign, that's a sign, that's a sign. Until I was sick <laughs> did of that it. with all of us too. I know. But the thing is, is you're going to make mistakes because you've never run a business before. You need to learn from those mistakes and not get wrapped around the axle and say, oh my God, what the heck did I just do? Say, okay, I made a boo-boo. What do I do better next time so that I don't make the same boo-boo all over right. again? Yeah, it's all about risk, right? Because we've all taken the risk. And, you know, I see a lot of people and a lot of businesses that fail. And I would tell you the people that and people ask me this all the time. Why do you think you're successful and other people failed? I said, because they're scared of risk. People mm -hmm. hate risk. And if they're afraid to take risk, they'll never make the, take the risk that'll make them successful. Right. And so they'd rather just fade, you know, fade, fade away to gray, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. So, but... 
Does Gabrielle yeah. have one? I do. I do. It's not. <sighs> what tripped me up is this is the advice I would give someone else, but I didn't really struggle too much with this one. But you really, if you're going to start something new, whether it's a, an existing business model that you're that you're buying into or you're developing, if you're going into anything new, you really have to start with what is your why. And that why needs to Absolutely. be really, really strong. Um, if it's for just because you want to make a lot of money, it's not worth it. Like you're, you're going to come up against so many obstacles so often that are so significant that your why has to be really, really strong. Um, and you have to buy into that fully. And that is what propels you through the two years of hell, the breathing through, the, the failing, the mistakes, the everything of it's got to be so big and so powerful and so moving to you that it pushes you through all of the muck that you have to get to. Um, so if you, ha if you start with a strong why, you can get through anything because it sets you off on the right mindset. But if, if your why is just, you don't really believe in it doesn't bring a whole lot of passion or it's kind of surface level, then you, you're not starting yourself on the right foot. So Jim, how, how would uh, new businesses uh, get started with you? How do they find you? Uh, hopefully they find us on the, on the web since we're now working remotely. But uh, so uh, we're, our website is www.dtstax.com. Uh, how they get started with us is, is, is typically give, give us a call. We, we can uh, arrange a, an online 45-minute web demo that shows them exactly what we do, how we do it, and what kind of benefits they can expect, uh, how long it takes to, to get onboarded. And then essentially we offer a, a, a software as a solution, a SaaS solution, in which uh, is, is offered to them on a monthly basis. So if we're not providing the value, they, they, they can do away with us and we're gonna, we're gonna guarantee that 2x return. So uh, it's, it's really no risk. But uh, a lot of our companies even, you know, again, these large market leaders I was talking about earlier, they can get fully onboarded and start saving money inside of, you know, eight to 10 weeks. And, and just to let you know what, what that means is when I was in public accounting, uh, software implementations to try to do what we do would take like eight to 18 months. Right. So that's it. Very yeah. cool. And for Sourced, how would people find you if they want to get your services? Yeah, so we, we help small to medium-sized businesses who want to outsource parts of their back office and they want to keep it, they want to keep it local or keep it in the country at least. Um, whether they need someone on-site or virtual, it doesn't matter. Um, they just need to get rid of stuff off their plate. So that is who we go after. Um, people can find us at GetSourced.com or 678-744-8877. Chrissy or I will pick up the phone, so if they dial that number, it's one of us. And it's four easy steps. Give us a call. We'll scope out what you need. We'll put a plan together. We'll sign the contract, and you'll meet your team and, and get going. So we can usually turn it around very quickly if you have some problems. So today was a lot of fun. Yes. I want to thank my sister and my brother and my niece. Thank you. Uh, it was a great discussion. Thanks for and having thank, us. And thank, thank you, you so much for joining us on uh, Reaching the Summit, presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage. To see how we can help your business reach the summit, visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or in a, on any of our social media channels. Remember that you can enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting BusinessRadioX.com selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Reaching the Summit. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app, such as I Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin, and with my husband, Don, you've been listening to Reach the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day. Mm -hmm.